0: Talking with Topher is sponsored by SlowdownClothing.BigCartel.com, NaturalBossNH.com, and New Hampshire Vape Gallery. More on that later. Let's get into episode seventy-one. What is happening, TWT fans? It is August 9th, 2021, 2 o'clock at 2.30 in the afternoon, and I am just so happy to be feeling like my old self, uh, to be having things fall back into place uh, after so much chaos over the last week. I'm going to get into that in a couple moments, but first I want to say thank you to everybody, all of you, For subscribing, watching, listening, sharing, rating, reviewing, commenting. All of it means so much to me. It keeps me coming back week after week. And um, if you're new to the podcast, subscribe, right? Hit that subscription button. Click that. Super important. Set the alarm so that you know as soon as all the new episodes are uploaded. And, of course... Rate, review, and share. Share, share, share. I'm trying to get to a 1,000 subscribers. It's going to take a lot of work, and I'm going to need your help to get there. So make sure you do all of that, but make sure you're hitting that subscribe button if you're watching. All right? Thank you so much for all of that. If you want to get more involved with the podcast, you can. T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. That's talkingwithtofer at gmail.com. I am going to be giving away some gear. If you want to know what that gear is, you have to wait till the end of the episode. I am going to to reveal and show you exactly what I'm going to be giving away. So if you want to get involved, you want to get some free gear, well, then send your story over to talkinwittofer at gmail.com and I will share your story and I will ship you some gear. And you can always follow me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. If you want some extra content throughout the week, you want to give the follow, be more involved with the podcast. I answer DMs. I answer all kinds of stuff, especially emails. But if you want to get more involved, this is just another way to do it. So go to Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. Um, And now with all that out of the way, it has been an insane week. Um, you know, I was, I was down on myself a little bit before we get into, uh, the week. Uh, I was feeling down on myself because I have fallen off, right? I got, I, I got the, the vaccination shot. I, uh, uh, I got the second one. I got fatigue, body aches, brain fog, all kinds of wonderful things. And... I am just now starting to feel like myself again. And I was getting down on myself because I stopped running. Um, I stopped throwing around the kettlebells. I just couldn't push myself uh, hard enough to get motivated to do it. Um, I was also waking up extremely late. uh, So my whole entire morning routine was completely thrown off. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't look at the things that I... still was capable of accomplishing. Um, You know, not that it's a great accomplishment, but never late to work, never calling out sick, um, just stuff like that. Little things, right? Uh, I'm still taking care of the dogs. I'm still taking care of the house. I'm still doing all of this stuff, but I'm getting down on myself because I'm not running. I've got you know, uh, self-doubt about getting back into it. I'm feeling much better, and I am going to be getting back into it. But you know what I have been doing for 71 weeks consistently? This podcast. I'm like, holy crap, dude. You have been doing this for 71 weeks straight now. That's great. See, I believe that we tend to only look at the negative of ourselves, and we forget the positive things that we're doing. And the reason I bring this up is because I had a customer come into the store, and he told me my podcast is helping him. And that was absolutely incredible to hear. Um, it made me feel weird, of course. Um, uh, I don't really know what to say when this happens. Um, and I did tell him that because I'm not sure what to say. I'm so glad that it is helping, um, him, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this energy. I'm like, I don't, I, what do I do? I did. I, all I know how to do is say, thank you. And then where do I go with the conversation from there? I'm just like, You know, maybe I should be asking questions. What did you like? What did you not like? You know, I think of these things after the fact. But that's something that I'm doing every week without question. So that is a positive thing that I am still doing. Brain fog didn't get in the way. Uh, You know, uh, lack of sleep didn't get in the way. Nothing got in the way of about 90% of my life, except for the running and the kettlebells and maybe a couple other little things that fell behind. But why am I not looking at the positive things that I am doing, still doing, and keeping strong, right? Why am I not looking at those? So when the customer came in and said this to me, it made me really think about everything that I am, am not, and am not doing in my life. So I was like, oh, I just got to keep doing what I'm doing. Everything else will fall into place. I need to stop beating myself up be because of a, of a few things dropping off. Because it's not like you can't pick them up again. It's not like you can't pick yourself up again. So just like everything, try to look at some of the positive things that are still going on in your life instead of looking at all the things that you find negative about your life. That's what I got from that customer telling me that I was helping him and he looks forward to my podcast and I'm horrible with names. I've said this a hundred times, I think. But I thank you. You showed me That coming here week after week, doing what I'm doing, talking freely into this mic, looking into this camera, and telling my stories, and going over my emotions, and how I feel about things, is actually helping people. And I need to see that as a very positive part of my life, and I need to stop looking at the negative things, or the things that I find to be negative, In my life. So I just thought that was really cool. Um, It's still really weird for me. Um, But I thank you as much as you thanked me. And I'm just saying we all need to stop and look at all the positive things we have going on in our lives. Because as much negative going on, there's got to be some positive in there. And now I'm going to be looking towards those positives instead of focusing on all the negatives. So I just wanted to get that out there before I start the weekly roundup. Um, But yeah, so I can't, okay, so this is how it's going to go, right? I had an experience, okay? I had the trees cut down. Now, the company that did it was Healy, H E A. L E Y tree works. Okay. That's who cut down my trees. Keith, I believe is the owner and amazing. I cannot say enough positive things about the company themselves. Now, when I tell you the story of what, how it went down, there's going to be pictures. I got some video. Um, so if you are only listening, Um, there won't be any lag in me speaking because all of the videos and the pictures will be shown, um, while I'm speaking. So if you're watching it on YouTube, you'll get to see a few things. If you're not, well, you can always go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, and of course, check out the actual footage I will include in this, uh, podcast. But I just wanted to put it out there right off the bat. These guys did an amazing job. Their work was top notch, um, and if it wasn't for some slight complications that we ran into, I bet you everything would have turned out exactly how I pictured it turning out uh, when we got started. So Tuesday morning, they show up at seven thirty. I I mean, this company on time, so punctual. I I I I was blown away. Like when you are just showing up for an estimate, and you're, like, early or on time, I'm impressed. Now your entire crew is at my house at 7.30 in the morning. Phenomenal. I mean, there was a few things we were waiting on, but 7.30 in the morning, they're there, getting ready, starting to get set up. Now the crane shows up. I didn't know what to expect when they said a crane was coming. I was like, "Oh, I've seen cranes." Yeah, no. This thing was enormous. Um uh, it, it was just it was so big. Watching it drive over my driveway, I was literally watching my driveway scream. And, and and my driveway is definitely hurting right now, but we'll get into that in a moment. So, they all get here, they get all set up, they pull in the crane. They pull in the, the bucket truck, all the guys. They back in the chipper. Um, the log truck was having some mechanical issues, so that wasn't there yet. Um, they get all set up, and then these guys start cutting the tree at eight o'clock in the morning. I'm like, this is incredible. When they get set up and they start cutting, you know, they 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 cut. I think they cut from the tree in the back, and then they moved up to the front tree. Because they needed to make the swing, and there was a couple pieces of that uh, maple tree that were in their way. So, um, they start, like I said, at 8 a.m., and both my trees were down at 2 p.m. Now, I don't know about you, but I was expecting this to be a little bit longer. Um... I was also expecting a few other things, but eight to two, like crazy to watch them move so quickly. So when they get to, um, you know, they're, they're chopping all the limbs, they're grinding all the leaves up, you know, through the chipper, um, one after the other, they get this, the the front tree down to the, to the trunk. Um, Then they move on to the maple watching them do the maple. This guy is like a gymnast. He's he's bungee cord to the crane being dangled from the crane, then getting on a branch, tying that up, getting back onto the crane and then making a cut. It, It was just insane to watch. So now we're in the middle of the afternoon. It's 12, 1 o'clock, right around there. They're getting a lot done, and they they, they came back from lunch, and, you know, uh, we got a couple limbs left with leaves on it. And they're getting ready to chop those off and work their way down to the base of that maple tree. So as they're doing this, uh, my neighbor shows up. Now, I don't have a problem with my neighbor showing up, There's nothing wrong with that, but unfortunately, he was super, super hammered, and that is something I don't deal with very well. I don't like being around people that are drunk. I don't even really care for it when my wife drinks, but I can't control what she does, so I have to deal with her, and that's fine because she's my wife. This guy is just my neighbor. He knows how I am with alcohol. He knows how I feel about alcohol. But, you know, he was at home. Um, I guess they were doing a lot of work on the main road out by, and he's close to the edge of the street. So he was hearing that noise, and then he's hearing the chainsaw noise. So he's just, he can't go to sleep. He works third shift. So he's just getting hammered in his friggin', you know, his room. And I'm like, okay. Okay. So he pops over and I'm like, "Hey, what's happening?" And then he's like, "Oh, dude, I'm so drunk and this and that." And then he's like, "I'll be right back." And I'm like, "Where are you going? Are you going home?" And he's like, "No, no, no, I'll be right back." He comes back with beers in his pocket. And I'm like, "God damn it, dude." And then he asked me if I wanted one. That's how I knew he was extremely hammered because I was like, "Dude, I know. You you know how this goes, dude. Like I, this is not foreign to you." So I was a little But hurt by that and I know I shouldn't have been but I was and I was just like, dude, you need to you need to go home And I was I was being nice about it. I was like, oh, well, if you want to go home, you should probably go And he was like, oh, maybe I should and then he started like Falling a little bit, you know, he was getting that stumblers, you know, you're standing on your feet, but you're leaning And he was doing that and he almost fell over my railing on my deck and I was like, dude I can't do this uh, my wife was feeling uncomfortable with him there. I didn't want him around any of the equipment. I was like, this is this is not a good area for somebody who is drunk. So I just l- looked at him and I said, hey, bud, I think you need some sleep. And he's like, nah, you're probably right, but it's so hard to sleep. And I go, um, yeah, but you, I don't think you can be here. You know, with all this equipment and everything else, Last thing I need him doing is getting sick. And he looked like he was on the verge of getting sick. And then he's drinking his beer. We're talking. You know, I'm trying to get him to go home. And he looks at me and he goes, you know what? I'm going to go home before I puke on your deck. Well, dude, what are you doing here? So he gets his shit. And, you know, I tell him, hey, it, have a, have a good sleep, you know, whatever, you know, I'll talk to you later, stuff like that. So as he's getting ready to leave, my wife is now coming out of the house and all of a sudden we have this woman in my driveway and I was like, I'm like, who is the, who are you? And she literally walks up behind the guy that is um, leaf blowing because they just finished with the chipper and everything. So they were getting ready to put that all away. So he's leaf blowing. The other guy is sweeping and picking up branches. And she just comes in and she just like pokes the guy and like pats him on the shoulder and tells them to stop working. I was like, "Who, who are you? Who is this? And it turns out that this woman, if you're standing on my back deck and you're looking across, oh, sorry. If you're standing on my back deck and you're looking across straight ahead, like I'm looking into this camera, off to my left-hand side, a couple properties down, there is a house, and that is the other side of the block. This woman came over to my house, came onto my property, stopped these guys from working so that she could say, hey, can you take that crane and go chop down that pine tree right there for me? You can reach it. Just, Just turn your crane, get your guy over there, cut it down, and then take it and bring it over to his property. The guys were blown away. Yeah, one of the the guys was a little bit newer, and he's just like, the number's on the side of the truck. And she looks at me, and she goes, you're going to make me call? And I looked at her, and I said, yeah, yeah, you need to call, and you need to get off my property. I'm like, what is happening right now? Is this real? Like, I'm blown away that this lady had the fucking nerve to just, one, come on to my property, and two... To stop these guys from freaking working so that she could ask to have a tree. And I'm talking, it, it's not close. And that crane, like, you can't do that. A, tr- a crane can't be parked here and pick a tree up way over here. It just can't do it. It needs to be parked near the thing that it's lifting. Otherwise, cranes fall over. The counterweight is not going to be able to counter the distance. You know what I mean? So I was just super irritated. My wife is looking at me like, what the fuck is going on here? I'm like, I don't know. These guys are getting upset because they want to get the job done and get out of there. You know, they all planned on being done with work by three. And uh, they're like, no, you need to call the number on the truck. And she's like, well, I don't understand. I'm like, you don't understand that you need to call the number and... And hire these guys like I did. You think they're just going to stop everything that I'm paying them to do to go cut your fucking pine tree down? I was like, you need to get off my property. You need to leave. So um, the guys told her again and again, call the number on the truck. I told her, call the number on the truck. You need to go. My wife started getting irritated. She told her to get off the property Like, we were just, we were all irritated and baffled by her, I don't know, I don't know what to call it, 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 like, she wasn't white, that much I know, so, I I don't know, I don't know what privilege I'm looking for here, but it it blew my mind that she was completely uh, 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 dumbfounded, that these guys were not just going to go cut a tree down for her for nothing. I was just like, lady, you need to go. So that was really crazy to deal with. So I got a drunk guy that I'm trying to get to go home so that he doesn't become a liability on my property. And then I got this lady just showing up trying to get a tree cut down for fucking free. And she's two, y- two yards away from us, not like two measuring yards, two physical different properties away from where we are so the crane is not even capable of making this distance so that happened really crazy they get all done they're getting ready to clean up now this is where shit goes sideways now i already told you the logging truck was having complications so it wasn't there so they're stacking these logs up um, and, and they're basically chipping as much as they can because there's no logging trucks. So two and a half trucks, uh, that they chipped up and put into the backs. So it was two and a half of those. I got giant logs on my driveway. I'll, uh, like I said, this picture's of everything. Um, and now they're getting ready to chop down the base, right? My friend Tyler shows up who was actually invited so that made me happy because he showed up just as they were getting ready to cut the last three pieces. Um, one piece, uh, if you if I put the photo up right around now, there's a piece laying on the ground. That one was over four thousand pounds. Then there's the one in the middle. They call that the joint. The joint weighed over ten thousand pounds, and then the piece next to that one was over 8,000 pounds. So just those three pieces of tree um, was over 22,000 pounds. Now, if you cut down trees or if you've seen a tree cut down in your house, it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is probably pretty boring. Like when I was telling my parents, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, you had a giant pine that wasn't that much smaller than mine cut down. So, you've seen all this. You know what I'm talking about. So, but I've never seen this up close and personal. You know, I showed up for like the last cut at my parents' house, and they were capable of doing things with my parents' tree that they were not capable of doing here because of the garages and everything else. So, it was much more intricate uh, here. So, he shows up where it, I, I, I asked the guys, I'm like, hey, can I come out onto. My, my prop, my lawn, and sit up on these giant logs that you have over here and, and actually film you guys cutting the final cuts. I really want to see this because the final cut on the maple tree is making that stump a tabletop. Now, I will say that I wish I had gone down about six more inches, but once I put uh, stools around it, It's not going to matter. It'll be fine. So, and I want to make sure that I put swiveling stools on it because you do want to be able to sit at that table and then turn around and see the fire. It's not going to be up close and personal, but that's fine. That's fine. It's just a nice thing to look at now. It actually serves a purpose, but watching the guy cut that, they had a three three foot bladed chainsaw that this guy was using. The engine alone on this thing weighed 50 pounds without the blade, is what I was told. He cuts into it and he just walks around it, just walks around it. Super cool to watch. I'm like, are you f-? like? He's not pulling it. And while they're walking, while he's walking around it, he's got another guy putting these like plastic wedges in it to keep it from dropping, so his blade doesn't get caught. And he is just walking around this whole thing, makes the final cut, and you just watch the crane, grab it, pick it up, and put it on the ground. And I was like, that was so incredible to watch. Because I was like, how are they going to cut this massive trunk and give me a tabletop? And that's how they did it. You just walked around in a circle. Now, I have sanding to do. I have some cleanup to do. It's not perfect, but it's better than anything I could have done. So, final cut tenth, uh, that, that friggin' 8,000 pound piece comes off. <laughs> and it's pretty cool because the crane is what told them how much the pieces weigh. Because when the crane picks it up, the counterweight does what it's supposed to to allow the crane to move the piece without tipping over. So the con- so the machine starts to pick it up. It registers how much it weighs. And then the counterweight does what it's supposed to so that the crane can move it. Really cool. I mean, this stuff is very, very uh, technical. So logging truck was having complications. There was a fan on it that was broken. And then when they tried to remove the fan, uh, first thing in the morning... Keith is on the phone, and all I hear is, what do you mean three bolts snapped? That didn't make much sense to me then. When the logging truck wasn't there, and I asked the guys, they were like, yeah, they tried to fix it, and they snapped three bolts, and it's going to be a minute before they can get the the fan fixed. So, logging truck gets fixed around 5 o'clock. I think it was 5 or 6 um, so logs are there, not, not going to be picking that up till much later. till the fans get fixed on the logging truck. Now we're trying to, the bucket truck is now pulled out. That's gone. You know, two thirty. all the guys are pretty much getting ready to go. They're putting all their shit together on the street, loading up their trailers, stuff like that. So the crane guy is now trying to put the crane away. Me, Tyler, and my wife are out on the deck, and we're watching because I'm like, wow, this is really neat, huh? They're putting it all away. They're folding it up. And we look out, and you can see on the left side of the crane, which it was facing us, so technically it's the right side of the crane, Um, he, I'm seeing this, like, mist, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what that is. I was like, ah. And then me and Tyler come up with this stupid thing. I fi- I know it's stupid now because I mean, even when I was saying it, I was like, "No, but maybe I don't know anything about this stuff." So I was like, "Oh, it's condensation." You know, the pistons fill up and then they're coming down and they sucked in some air with some moisture and that's being blown out. Cuz at first I was like, "Oh, I think he's got a hydraulic leak." And then we we're like, no, it can't be a hydraulic leak. It would have leaked so much earlier. So it's got to be water. It's got to be condensation. Well, not even a minute goes by, and then all of a sudden one of the guy, a couple of the guys come back to check on the crane operator so they can help him back out. And he sees the mist and books it. I was like, oh, oh, shit. I think something is wrong. He runs up to the machine, tells him to stop. Stop, stop, stop. And he's like, what? And he's like, you got a leak. I was like, oh, no. The counterweight hydraulic blew. So the hydraulic hose. It blew out. Now, it is a safety feature. These hoses are supposed to break to... Uh, instead of the machine failing, these parts fail first. Safety measures. It shuts down the whole machine. Um, It doesn't allow anything to move at that point. So yes, he might have been thinking that he was putting down the counterweight, but once that sprung a leak, the machine stopped moving. It wasn't doing anything because there was no hydraulic pressure anymore. So 30 gallons of hydraulic fluid all over my lawn. Now, mind you, I've got tire marks. This crane sunk my lawn this far. Easy. So I'm already dealing with the simple fact that my lawn's kind of fucked now anyways. Now, I know my lawn wasn't anything great, but at least it was better than... Well, the condition it's in right now. But we'll get to that. So hydraulic blows. They can't get it fixed. They try. They bring in a couple crews. They're trying to fix it. They couldn't get it fixed, but they had to get parts in the morning. So then the logging truck shows up. Hooray. Hooray. He gets the logs off the lawn and says he'll be back for the big ones in the back tomorrow morning. I said, "Cool. Thank you." He leaves. I'm now stuck with a crane in the background and I got pictures of all that too. And so now I'm just taking pictures of the property. There's no friggin' trees in sight um right now. You know, there's not much I can do about the lawn. I still have a se- a stump in the center of it. So next morning, Wednesday, the guys uh, get get here at like 9 in the morning, and they got the parts. They go to the crane. They're repairing it. They're doing what they need to do. The logging truck is here. He's pulled in. He's now picking up and playing with the 10,000-pound piece. He can't get it above my garage. And I'm like, oh, my God, he keeps playing with this thing. And he picks it up, he puts it down. He picks it up, he puts it down. He picks it up again and then puts it down on its side. As soon as he puts it down and lifts the claw, he has a leak, a hydraulic leak. Sorry, brain fart. Um, His fucking thing blows it. And I'm like, oh, my God. And he, he just took it and he... Right in his truck. So now it's leaking inside of his vehicle instead of on my lawn, which is way better. But I'm like, are you kidding me? These guys are in the middle of fixing a hydraulic leak, a hydraulic hose on the crane. And now he's trying to get my logs out of here. And now he has to have a hydraulic hose fixed on his in order for him to do anything. Luckily, at the time, the hydraulic guys were there. (laughs) But I'm just like, what the fuck is going on, you know? And this is just those trees. That tree was a fighter until the very end. I mean, both of them were, because it does it doesn't just stop here. Now his he gets his machine fixed, right? I have to I have to go. I got I, there's a few things I had to do. Um, I just had to get out of there because I had no control over anything. Oh, I had to edit. That's what I was doing. It was Wednesday. Yeah, so I'm in the house editing, ignoring everything that's going on because I'm like, this is fucking chaos. Um, I had to go and do a few things, so I went and do, do those things, come back, start editing again, and now the crane is fixed. They're pulling out. I'm like, oh, thank God. Crane is out of here. The the logging truck out of here everybody's getting out of here sweet i finally get to look at my lawn now because it was 30 gallons of hydraulic fluid there was a landscaping i always call it landscaping i know it's scaping i always call it scraping it's just something my dad always said so i can't say landscaping i always say landscaping so just my apologies but so they come over, and I'm like, oh, hey, what's happening, guys? And he's like, yeah, we're here to fix your lawn and get this and that and that. And I'm like, oh, wow, already? And he's like, well, it is hazardous. We have to get rid of it immediately. So now it's like 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, these guys are getting ready. They're pulling up the trucks. And now they're digging my entire, that one spot, they're digging it out. They must have gone down 12 to 14 inches deep all the way to the clay, dig that out. Then we're waiting on the truck for the loom. They get the loom. They have to pack it in. They got to smooth it out. And they leave around four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm just like, all right, this is, doesn't, it doesn't look great because, you know, I wanted trees gone, stump gone, pretty grass, put my fence up, let my dogs back out. Because right? I've been walking Archer on a leash since his surgery, so that's three weeks now. And Barry has been walked on a leash for, um, I think it's almost a week, because we had no fence as of Monday night. So, yeah, so Monday night um, all the way up until now. It's Wednesday um, and today it's Monday, and I'm still walking them on a leash, which is one of the reasons why I haven't been getting into my running because now I just take my dogs for a walk, let them go to the bathroom, and then we're back home because I can't put up a fence until this nightmare of a lawn is over. So now I'm told, two weeks, keep it watered, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, it rained. Yay, it rains. So Thursday morning, I get a call from Keith. Hey, I'm heading to your house. I'm grinding the stump. I'm like, oh, awesome. Thank you. He gets there. And uh, now my brain, they grind it. They clean it up. They fill the hole. Hmm. That's not what they do. And you ask anybody who grinds stumps, None of them do it. Not unless you want to pay good money for it. It costs less money to grind it, and it costs more money to have it removed and filled. So he grinds it. My wife was home. She takes a picture. Keith left. Here's here's the mess. And I was like, oh, my God. (coughs) They told me, don't let the bark mulch stay on the lawn because it kills the lawn. Well, after these guys, after the landscapers fixed my lawn, he now took a machine with a remote control, I guess. I wish he had gotten video of it. I bet you it would have been really cool to see. He grinds it. Tire marks everywhere. I'm like, oh my God, dude. And he, he, he drove over some of the new loom and I was like, oh my God, you know, uh, I was like, you just paid to have this fixed because he had to pay to have it fixed. Um, He's the one that hired the landscape scrapers, not me because it wasn't my machine that failed. So it was all covered under him. They took care of it. But then I was like, oh my God, why would you, why would you ruin all the shit that you just paid people to do? So I got really butthurt by that. And I was like, all right, well, I can't do anything about it. I'm just going to go look at it, and I'll deal with this in the morning. So um, so now, Friday, I wake up, take the dogs out, and instead of feeding them right away, I just let them in the house and snuck out through the basement And now I'm out there digging and shoveling this stump that's been grinded to bark mulch. And I get four trash bags. Fill those up in an hour. I'm done. Saturday morning, same deal. One hour, four bags. All right. Now, Sunday, I wake up. I go, okay, I got a bunch of stuff to do. My niece just had a birthday. I got to go see her. My dad's gift came in. I got to go see him. I got to go grocery shopping, and I have to get this yard cleaned up. I got to get the yard cleaned up so that I can order whatever I need for loom to fill the hole I'm going to have where the stump was. So... I'm in I'm in the house. I let the dogs out. I'm feeding them and I'm checking the weather. The weather says it it is going to rain at 1 p.m. I'm like, "Oh shit. I wasn't planning on being home until 1 p.m." This is never going to work. So I changed my mind and I go, "Nope. I'm going right to work." Took care of the dogs, got them their food, brushed their teeth. They are all set. I scoot outside. 7 o'clock in the morning, I start digging at this thing. I have to stop what I'm doing because I ran out of bags, go to Home Depot, come back home, start filling up some more bags. All of a sudden, my wife comes outside, and she's like, wants to talk. And I'm like, okay. She just woke up. She wants to talk. I get it. So now we're taking a break. It's about 9.30 in the morning. Drink a coffee, smoke a joint, bah, 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 get the morning going for her. And then I go back to digging. And I still had to dig out a bunch more of that. And then I wanted to clean up around where the stump is, my new table. And so she comes out and she's like, what do you want me to do? And I said, uh, let's clean up that all those wood chippings from the saw around the table, and uh, let's get that cleaned up. That'll be easy for you because it's not as dense or as difficult to dig and pick up as this is. So we finish everything around noon. Yeah, I think it was around noon. It felt uh, Yeah, it was about noon. So I was out there from 7 to noon, so five hours, and probably about one hour of that was... Cleaning, helping her finish up that area. So four hours, 25 uh, uh, contractor bags in total for that one stump. And then the corner with all the chippings and everything else, that was another eight bags. I have been cleaning up this yard for nine years. I am talking crazy shit being pulled out of this place. This backyard was a dumping ground. Everybody used it as a dumping ground. Nobody wanted to clean anything up. It was just push it to the fences and whatever happens, happens. Well, I I never did that. The entire time I was here, all I did was expose my fences and clear everything out, especially all plant life. I literally have four bags... In my trash cans, ready to go to the road, and I had to stack bags on top of each other inside the garage. I've just never had so much, so much waste, never. So I'm glad it's over. It took a long time to get it done, you know, seven hours to get everything cleaned up and bagged and ready for disposal. Um, and now I'm doing something I never thought I would ever do. I am watering my lawn because the 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 loom has to stay wet uh and it has to stay soaked. I already let, it already dried out because I at first I have only got a 50 foot hose. I couldn't even reach the back of my yard because I've never watered my grass ever. 9 years, never done it. I just let it do what it does. Now I have no choice. I got to water this shit. We got to try and get grass to grow. And hopefully by, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after, I'll be able to finally put my fence back up and my dogs will finally be able to roam freely in the backyard because then I can get my mornings back. And, you know, I, one of the reasons that I was so easy about getting dogs was because I, don't, I wouldn't have to walk them. And I know that's probably lazy of me, whatever, but I got two dogs and a full backyard. I just let them run, let them run, let them chase each other, let them do their thing. That's, that's what that's for. You let them out and you can continue with life and the dogs are getting full exercise and they're just outside. So I'm like super excited to get back to that space. And I know it's going to happen. It's inevitable that it's going to happen, but it's just going to take more time. And until then, I have to just deal with the simple fact that I have to walk them and take them out and carry poop bags on me again and do all these things that I never wanted to do. But it's okay because now trees are gone. They did a phenomenal job. Mechanical failures happen all the time. The most important part of the entire situation is that they fixed their mistakes. And I found out that when you get stumps grinded, there's no removal. It's just you wanted it grinded, it's grinded. Have a nice day. So that's the way it works. It's nothing that they did wrong, it was all me assuming something different and then that different didn't happen and i'm like oh these what the hell but i will say that if you are looking for some tree work you want to have your trees taken down uh check them out healy h-e-a-l-e-y uh tree works they're on instagram they're in the phone book they're just if you need work done Let them know I sent you, let them know you heard about it from here, and uh, tell Keith I said hi, I'll get, uh, um, and uh, I just, I really wanted to put them out there, they did a phenomenal job, and you gotta give it to them, cutting down two basically 90 foot trees in six hours, pretty incredible pretty, pretty damn incredible. Now I'm just watering my lawn and it bums me out. I don't like it. I had to buy a sprinkler. I had to buy another 50 foot hose. And as we speak right now, I am finally finishing the third part of the lawn because I have to move this thing three times to water my entire lawn. But I bet you my lawn Uh, is really going to enjoy this, and I bet you it'll look really nice in a couple weeks. Oh yeah, and then I went back to class today because I couldn't go to class. No jujitsu last week too, so that was another thing. I had no outlet last week. I mean, I was digging and slamming stuff, and but I was angry. I was very angry, so I was so happy to get back on those mats today. Jujitsu was awesome. We had a great technical class. And it was just amazing. So always a giant shout out to PMA, Derry, Plastow, Wyndham. And I think they just put one in Minnesota. We got some locations, people. It's fantastic. But the school's awesome. Teachers are great. It's nice to have Professor Lucas back. You know, I, I'm sure he's going to be going and competing again. But when he's in, when he's teaching class It's, it's, it's awesome. So it was really good to get back on those mats. I had some taps. I did some tapping. I even surprised myself with a couple moves. So progress felt great. I'll be on the mats all week this week. And then next week I will have to only be able to go Monday. And then after that, I got to work for, uh, my boss, Joseph, um, next week so i'm going to miss a couple classes but it's for a good cause you know he's turning 41 so you know we're all getting older and sometimes you just want to celebrate your birthday you know so i'm like yeah dude i got you you go enjoy your birthday um and uh it was it, it's just it's great to get back on those mats is where i was getting at but you know i got to i got to figure it all out next week i'll be recording the podcast early I'll be editing early. I just don't know if I should upload early. Do you guys like it when it comes out on Thursdays? Or should I throw a screwball in there and uh, let it out on Wednesday? You let me know. Send me an email. Send me a DM. Send, make a comment. Any way that you want to tell me whether or not I should release, not this week's, but next week's podcast, a day or so early, you let me know. Uh, I'll probably do it, but I do like staying very consistent of dropping it every Thursday at 5. In the morning, 5 in the morning. So, with all that being said, that is the weekly roundup. Slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. That's slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. Yeah, great products. I love them. I've been talking about these guys For quite some time now, their products are high quality. The print, the fabric, the everything. The embroidering, the sweatshirts, the sweatpants, the neck gaiters, the swim shorts, the the new kid tees. Everything is a great product at a great price. And you can only get this stuff here at slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. But again, if you want to shop the entire selection go to slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. That's slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. And if you're not sure how to spell that, it's right here at the bottom of the screen. Type it in. I also put it in the description at the bottom of this video. You can click the link. You can go straight there from here, and you'll have all of these wonderful products at the tip of of your fingers natural boss nh.com that's n-a-t-u-r-a-l-b-o-s-s-n-h.com they've got it in stock all the time best hand sanitizer i've ever used their salve for dry skin amazing smells great works great you want to melt away those hard work day uh blues get yourself a foot of body soak and it'll help melt those stressful days away. Their beard oil smells great. I've heard it works great. I can't tell you. I don't have one. Their lip balm, amazing. Keeps your lips moist all year round. All kinds of great stuff. Buy one or get all five of these products today at naturalbossnh.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-B-O-S-S-N-H.com. New Hampshire Vape Gallery is located at 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire, down the street from Home Depot, and next to Smoke Rings, where we are open seven days a week from 10.30 to 8 p.m., and you're always welcome to shop inside of our store. We've got it all. You need it, we got it. That's right. Flavored juice, menthol juice, uh, tobacco juice, we've got it. Disposables, got plenty of them. Escobars came up with new flavors. They co- collaborated with Savage. They're amazing. So, if you like Savage e juices and you love Escobar, they put them together, made a baby, and now they've got uh, three new flavors specifically with the Savage flavors inside of them. In stock, we've got them. Pod devices we got the IPX80, amazing dual airflow. Nord 4, side screen. Beautiful. And, of course, these are flying off the shelves, people. I am so excited. I told you about these Nick pouches, and now they're taken off. That's right. Nin, ta, nin nicotine pouches. They're pre-dampened, and, of course, if you're worried about where you're going to spit it, you don't have to anymore. It's right there. Top of the can. Spit it right in there. Then you can empty it out when you get the chance to instead of just spitting it on the ground. Amazing products flying off the shelves. And you can only get this stuff at New Hampshire Vape Gallery. That's right. New Hampshire Vape Gallery located at 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire, down the street from Home Depot, and next to Smoke Rings. We're open seven days a week from 1030 to 8 p.m., Feel free to give us a call, 603-814-4171. And I look forward to seeing you there. And now we're going to get into some current events. Oh, I'm glad that works. All right, current events. Ah... I was actually watching one of my podcasts a little bit ago, and I totally forgot that I set the current event screen up to be this way so that you, as a viewer, can get a better look at what I'm looking at, right? It only makes sense. I I knew, I don't know, I set it up, and I never used it. I don't know. All right, so one of the things I want to get into is... Well, I mean, this isn't going anywhere, so we need to talk about this shit. So now, the Pentagon is to require COVID-19 vaccination for all U.S. military members by September 15th. So, there was talk about mandatory vaccinations, and I don't think we're going to have a choice at one point in time. Um, Because you're going to have to be vaccinated to travel, to go to events, to go eat, to go do anything because of this new Delta variant. You know, uh, Florida did very well with the first variant, and now they are doing the worst with this new variant, and it's probably because nobody got vaccinated. Now, I don't care how you feel about vaccinations. We're going to get into a a whole bit of it for a moment, Um, but... This is going to be the norm. There are companies out there that are allowing you to be vaccinated or you have to get tested all the time. Now, my question is, because I don't have to worry about this, but that's because I did what I thought was best for me, and I still believe that you need to do what's best for you. But it also seems like the government is going to tell you to do this And make it mandatory because, well, we all want this to go away. But guess what? It's not going to. So I don't agree at all with mandating vaccinations. I don't. Um, I think putting on a mask where necessary, it's fine. Whether you're vaccinated or not. Um, Showing off the vaccination card is going to get you so far, but... There's plenty of people out there that have not been vaccinated and they have a card. So even that's not going to work to the fullest. Um, And it's not, I I don't think they're going to like scan every card or put your name in a system or something. But they're just going to be like, show me your card. I mean, uh, Tyler was telling me this morning that you can just take a photo of it. And I was like, well, I could just take a photo of anybody's. I'm like, wouldn't it make more sense to have a photo of you holding your vaccination card? I don't know. I don't know how any of this is going to work. All I know is, is that we have to live with this bullshit. And it hasn't even been around for two years yet. And for everybody to have an idea of how this is all working or how it affects us, like people who say about the flu, it's not the fucking flu i'm tired of hearing that it's crazy talk it's not a flu shot it's an mrna shot which is the basic the 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 base the base not the basic the base of is mrna yeah that's a flu shot gotcha it's just the base of it the rest of it is covid if you talk to people that have had covid And I've talked to a few now, especially like Tyler. But they will all tell you this is like nothing they've ever had before. And most of them have had the flu. Now, the best part about the flu is if I get the flu and you get the flu, we have the same symptoms. Not with COVID. Not with the first variant and not with this one. You get COVID, gonna be different than when I get COVID. It's different. So it makes it very hard to uh, establish a way to defeat it. So you just gotta use what you can. Whatever makes you, like, like, I just want everybody to be comfortable. When people come into my store wearing a mask, I don't say anything. People coming into my store not wearing a mask, I don't say anything. If you're comfortable, I'm comfortable because I already took care of everything I was supposed to do. Now, this has been bringing up a lot of talk on whether or not um, we are going to be locked down again. You know, even my boss has mentioned that he thinks that there would be another lockdown. I looked right at him and I said, we're an essential business and I'm vaccinated. I will not, not be showing up to work, bro. There's no fucking way in hell that they're going to do this to us again. And it doesn't matter if they do because we're essential now. We can stay open. So, I don't think a lockdown is where we're going. It does." Seem like it's around the corner. But I don't think it is. Um, I do see. Mandatory stuff going on. And I don't agree with that. But it doesn't mean that they're not going to do it. We don't agree with a lot of things that are going on right now. We don't agree with almost anything. Everybody's on one side or the other with everything. You know. But I just think. And it's not like I want, I want people to get vaccinated because I'm worried about other people. I just, I want people to get through this because I have a feeling that this isn't going anywhere. Not anytime soon. I figure maybe five, ten years down the road, we'll have figured it out. There's no way we're figuring this out in less than five years. There's no way. I don't care what anybody tells me. There's no way. And if we do... Well then, friggin awesome, but I don't see it happening. We're still asking questions, right? And now, with vaccinations and vaccinated people, if you or any of you out there listen to Joe Rogan, which he's got millions of followers, so you it's possible that you do his la- his latest podcast. He has friends that are doctors, and I'm going to get this a little wrong, and I know it was trending on Twitter, but so people who are vaccinated that catch COVID, which I was under the impression could happen, I never thought that I wouldn't catch COVID, I only... Knew I was, always, I was only hoping that I would stay out of the hospital. That's why I got vaccinated, because I didn't want to go to the hospital. And his doctor friend said when people who are vaccinated caught the first variant, the vaccination did not kill the virus. So this vaccination keeps us out of the hospital, supposedly. I hope so. How's that? I hope so. But it doesn't kill the virus. The virus still gets to live inside of us. So now it lives inside of us. We hopefully stay out of the hospital. But it doesn't die. So therefore, they're saying that it's a possibility that vaccinated people catching the first variant are the cause of the Delta variant. Because it didn't die. It lived inside of us. It changed, and then some people didn't even know they had it, and it spread. And now the Delta variant is easily spreadable. Um, They compared it to chickenpox. That's how easy it is for this to spread. The flu, a little bit more difficult. That was closer to the first variant. Now, the second variant, Delta, is as contagious as chickenpox. And because we were vaccinated and caught COVID, it's possible that that's where the variant came from. The only thing I can say to that is that that means it's going to change again. Because... Now, vaccinated people are catching the Delta variant. So, therefore, it's going to have an opportunity to mutate again. Now, what I've noticed from virus history is that when a variant happens, it happens year to year. So, that means that in January or February next year, because I believe that's when the Delta variant started popping up, that's when we'll see the new variant, which then makes me ask, am I safe from the next one? Because they're saying we're semi-safe from this Delta variant with the vaccination, and I hope so. But what if it mutates again? And if it does, how safe am I then? Now, Moderna hasn't come up and said anything about a booster shot yet. Pfizer has. I believe they put that on hold so they can get more of the vaccine out for people who haven't even had it yet. And if you take the Johnson & Johnson, you can get... A booster shot from Pfizer. But if you have Moderna, you stay away from Pfizer. Stick with Moderna. Believe that's how it goes. But this is just crazy to me. I mean, it's making us being vaccinated and staying out of the hospital could possibly be making this virus worse. <laughs> so what? You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't? I don't know, but I do believe that it's going to take at least five years before we get this figured out and we figure out how to live with it. It's just really crazy right now, this mandatory thing going in. I'm, I'm just hoping. See, here's my thing, and Luke Thomas said this. So if you watch Morning Combat, you'll know all about it. I don't want to go back to 2020. If you want to go back to 2020, don't get vaccinated. That's what's happening. But I want to move forward. So I am vaccinated. I will get my booster shots. I'm going to do whatever I can to make it out of this alive. Because think about it. If you're not getting vaccinated, the only thing you're gambling with is your life. That's it. That's what you're gambling with. So is not getting the vaccine worth death? Because that's the worst case scenario is death. And if you want to take that gamble, I'm down with that. You go ahead. You take that gamble. I'm not mad at you for it. But please understand that you are gambling with your life. That's, What I see, that's my take on it. I think you're not gambling with my life anymore. You're just gambling with your own. And that's fine. But I want out of 2020. I never want to go back. So therefore, I am vaccinated and I'm moving forward. Um, But, you know, I, I just, I don't think, it's vaccine vaccine or death. You know what I mean? I mean, that's what's happening. And yeah, I'm, I'm pretty healthy. I'm in my 40s. Whatever. You're probably pretty healthy. You're in your 20s. I get it. You have other decisions to make. You're in a bracket that you don't have to worry about it as much. That was the first variant. Nothing is the same for the Delta. There are young kids children that are catching this they're in the hospitals they're getting sick the first variant did not do that to kids this one is much more serious and no i'm not trying to scare you into getting vaccinated like i said it's your choice but i feel like not getting the vaccination the only thing you're gambling with is your life so i'm against mandatory But at the same time, I think you're doing a disservice to yourself by not getting it. And don't worry about the experiment. Don't worry about the microchips. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about Bill Gates. Just worry about not dying. You know? Because I think that's where this variant's going. I think it's going to mutate again. And it's going to become more contagious and more deadly because it doesn't seem to be going the opposite way, which is the way that I was hoping it was going to go, where it gets less uh, uh, contagious. It gets less deadly. It's less than, and it just seems to keep getting greater than, and my life, I enjoy it. I'm happy with it, and I want to keep it. So... That's what I was that's why I wanted to bring all that up kind of all in one clump um but yeah, it's crazy, man. None of us have lived through anything like this. I talked to my parents, even my grandmother, who was born in nineteen twenty seven never saw anything like this. Now, me and Tyler were talking about it, and I guess during smallpox, it was mandatory for Uh, That vaccination to be pushed through, everybody in America had to have it. (laughs) And I looked at Tyler, and I said, wait a minute. This was George Washington? And he goes, yeah. And I go, okay, what was the population of the United States? And he's like, oh, that's a good point. I go, we got 330 million people right now. You're going to make this mandatory for all of them? I could see it back in 1779 or whatever the fuck it was for smallpox. But today? Can't do that to people. People have to be able to make their own choices. Just like if you want to smoke crack. You want to do heroin. You want fucking... Whatever you want to do. You should have the opportunity to make that decision unless... You're harming other people, so therefore, does that make mandatory okay? Because if you don't get vaccinated, you, te- you possibly are harming other people? It's, it's screwy. It's very screwy. None of us have the answers. This is less than two years old. It has been nothing but a nightmare. Now they want to do mandatory bullshit. Mass mandates are coming back. Why is it that people out there still think they know? They know the vaccine is garbage. It's just the flu. It's flu-like. It's... it. it you don't know. None of us know. Even the doctors that... Joe Rogan talks to, don't fully understand this, but they're going by the data. You know, there was another article that came out that said vaccines are only good for six months. That's because we only have six months worth of data. Without the data, it's all guesstimation. And if you come up to me and you tell me you know, I shut off. I'm not listening to you anymore because you're not a scientist. You're not a doctor. You don't know. You don't know anything. You only know what you read. And if you are reading a whole bunch of stuff, are you reading only the shit that agrees with your opinion and view? Because if you are, then you're wrong. Straight up, you're wrong. If all you're looking at is agreeing with your views and your opinions and you're staying inside that box, then you don't know. You have to look at the stuff that goes against what you think because then you can make a better decision. But when people tell me they know and this is crap and all this other shit was going on. I had EMTs telling me that the vaccine was a joke. COVID was a joke. Then they got COVID. Guess what? They're vaccinated now. This is my last part right here. If you've had COVID and you get vaccinated, which I always thought was a good thing. I even told Tyler, I was like, dude, I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to have antibodies for like ever. Sure as shit, I was right. And this is with a year's worth of data, or six months, right now. But everybody who's had COVID, the first variant, I don't know if this goes with Delta, but the first variant and you're vaccinated, way better off than I am. Way better off than I am. So even if you've had COVID, Just go get vaccinated unless you want to go back to 2020. And I don't. I don't. So, all right. What's the next one? Oh, yeah. So, this right here is, um, see, and this is the thing. There are viruses all around us. All the time. All the time. Even before covid there was hundreds of viruses everywhere. So we are always living with viruses around us. At any moment in time, we could catch one. Now, the mosquitoes are back out. All that great stuff. Well, you know, a what is it? Not Ebola. Uh, what was that one that you could get? Um, God damn it. From mosquitoes. And it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Right? So I'm always worried about that because I make sure that uh, I'm always worried about it. So I always try to make sure that I have no standing water anywhere. I found out that that tree had pockets and it was collecting a lot of water. And we the, the guys actually found some mosquito nests in, in the tree. So I was always wondering where I was getting mosquitoes from. Turns out. It was from the water sitting stagnant in the tree. But anyway, so now we have uh, this Jamestown Canyon virus. Now, I heard about this a couple years ago. And what I'm going to do is is I'm going to play this right here because, unfortunately, this person died. So we may not... You just can't say you know things, and you can't avoid viruses. You know, man-made or not, whether this is—I don't think COVID was a hundred percent man-made. I believe it was something that was manipulated by man, and then an oopsie daisy happened. This is not an oopsie-daisy. This is actually very deadly, and it's just it's, it, it's so, it just proves my point that we've always been living with viruses. We've always been living with something that could potentially kill us at all times, and we just walk around like it's nothing, and then this one shows up, and the world stops which tells me it was man-made, right? Man manipulated something. Something was changed, and they were so afraid of the entire population being killed off by this thing that was manipulated by man that they had to shut us down. So I'm like, and, and, and it just like makes us more reliant on the government to take care of us, which I think is also wrong. But let's play this video.
1: The risk level for mosquito-borne diseases is now high in Dublin and oh, looks really good. surrounding towns after someone in Dublin tested positive for Jamestown Canyon virus and later died. I don't know if this will end up being an isolated incident or not. Dublin health officer Michael Borden says the adult was hospitalized in late June after a mosquito bite. He says that person did have other underlying health issues. It's the first known case of the virus in New Hampshire this year and 15th overall in a human since 2013. Health officials here in Dublin are urging caution when outside, especially around dawn and dusk. This time of year, we want to be out, uh, you know, as much as we can, especially with all the rain we've had. But mm-hmm. uh, you need to really. Uh, remain vigilant and uh, use bug repellent and protect your skin as much as possible. Symptoms of Jamestown Canyon virus are usually mild and can include fever, headache, and fatigue. State epidemiologist Dr. Benjamin Chan says death and serious illness are rare, but the virus can lead to meningitis or encephalitis.
0: Jamestown Canyon virus is is a newer virus. I think the, the first case was identified in New Hampshire in 2013. We've had a number of Detections or infections uh, detected in people um, over the last several years, including another person who died, I think, back in twenty eighteen.
1: There is no vaccine for the virus. Health officials recommend removing standing water where possible.
0: Which certainly, yes. in this environment, See? is difficult with
1: thirteen inches of rain in the month of July. Anyone who may be experiencing symptoms is advised to reach out to their medical provider. In Dublin, Mike Cronin, WMUR News Nine.
0: So, like I was saying. You got to get rid of your standing water. You got to... What are we going to do next? Are you going to deny bug repellent? You can only deny so many things. We are surrounded by viruses. They're everywhere. The only thing we can do is do what's best for you to stay safe and stay alive. Because... Even if we eradicate COVID, which I don't think is going to happen quickly, we still got mosquitoes everywhere. So there's all kinds of things. And it was Ebola, right? Wasn't that that what they said? But what are you going to do? Just protect yourself. That's what I... at, at, At the end of the day, I just want everybody to... Uh, make it to the other side of this thing And I know Hundreds of thousands of people Have not They've died Family members Tragic I'm not Saying That that's not real I'm not saying that that is not painful But I just think Doing what's best for you So that you Don't Die Is what you need to do That's what you need to do So Use your bug spray, get rid of standing water, and get vaccinated. All right? All right. Next. So this was really cool. This, uh, this happened um, the day of um, when the trees were getting cut down. Check this out. I thought this was so neat. So this is a picture of the sun. Around 12 o'clock in the afternoon... It had a rainbow around it. Isn't that cool? I think that's so neat. So we took a couple pictures of it. Um, I didn't want to like cut this in or anything. So I was like, oh, I'll just add it into the current events. But yeah, isn't that neat rainbow around the sun? It, it stayed there until like 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's pretty cool. So I've never seen it. I don't know what was causing it. There was some haze in the sky, but I um, just thought it was really cool. I mean, that you see things like that at night, but I've never seen it during the day. Perfect rainbow around the sun. Pretty cool. All right, moving on. So I have um heard that now space... Debris is making it harder for us to leave our planet. It's also making it harder to put satellites up there. And with Elon Musk trying to give us all Internet through his satellites, um, they're running into issues with all the space trash. So I try to find a video on it, um, but it's blocking our path off the planet. Uh, there's legal loopholes means earth government don't have to care, so I don't know why we don't have to care and i don't I feel like uh leaving trash in space is like when a battleship sinks and they just leave it at the end at the bottom of the ocean. It can't be good over time having that stuff floating around or sunk at the bottom of the ocean or having landmines or nuclear blasting sites. None of that can be good for our planet. None of it. But it's like, how do you get rid of it? You know, I can't get rid of it. I didn't put it there, so I don't feel like I should have to get rid of it. But we need to get rid of it. So now this, I guess, is space trash Floating in the North Pacific Ocean is a Great Pacific garbage patch, right? A huge vortex of waste made approximately 1.8 trillion plastic pieces. The island of rubbish is a stark reminder in, in the face of climate change. The humanity needs to improve how it looks after the planet. Floating around the Earth are the remains of rocket shuttles and other remnants of humanity's off-world developments. There are approximately 228 million pieces of space debris around the globe, but they are not a reminder of the past. They are a risk to our future. Which makes sense. I mean, you can't just leave that shit up there and expect it not to cause issues. The most notable threat that the space debris poses to human is keeping us trapped on our own planet. Oh, no. Maybe we should focus more on what the fuck is going on down here and a little bit less that, oh, we're going to go to space. Yeah, I get it, but can we clean up our own shit down here first? Um, an infamous study by NASA scientist Donald Kessler in 1978 warned us of that. Now, that's 1978. It is 2021. Uh, we probably got a lot more trash up there. If two large objects collide, the domino effects caused by material breaking apart, colliding into other material and breaking again, could create an impenetrable layer of debris that would make terra-trial space launches impossible. It is imperative... That human beings, the space companies, and space agencies that manage our attempts to reach the moon, Mars, or even the future take steps to stop the buildup of debris. But the problem is not technical. It's legal. What? All right, let's see what the legal problem is. The current legislation around the global space exploration is based on the Outer Space Treaty. It became law... In October 1967, with several several noble intentions behind it, the exclo, exp, oh my god, the exploration and the use of outer space shall be carried out for the benefit of it it and its interests of all countries and shall be the province of all mankind. It begins adding that astronauts shall be regarded as the envoys of mankind. It also has more specific rule. Outer space is not subject to national appropriation by claim of sovereignty in the states as well as saying that the countries will be liable for damage caused by their space objects and will avoid harmful contamination of space and cholesterol bodies. These rules are really nice, really happy, and really out of date, says Rachel O'Grady. a uh, partner in the international arbitration practice at law firm Mayor Brown. Even when they were being written, they would soon need updating. In nineteen sixty seven it was still two years. Uh, it was still two years bef- before man would set food on the moon, governments a day concerned and the future of the space light and more geolog- geopolitics on Earth. The Outer Space Treaty was ratified in the middle of the Cold War during tense political relations between the United States and the USSR. The two foremost space-fearing nations, the communists, had already launched the first Earth-orbiting satellite and the first man, Gagarin. Into space, the US worried about positive new superpower and the Outer Space Treaty was, as such, more focused on stopping cataclysmic conflict on Earth than protecting us from similarity cataclysmic outcomes in space. Over the five decades since there have been attempts to update space law, but the basis of the legal framework remains the same, O'Grady says, and now the private companies are investing billions into breaching the final frontier. The holes in the rule book are beginning to get bigger. The Outer Space Treaty, for example, does place limits on certain actions. If a state launches something into space, it is the responsibility of the state. However, private companies have much greater scope to ventures into space as demonstrated by Lumsburg growing private space industry and the heated competition between Blue Origin and SpaceX. The ways that the states have seemed to adapt to new commercial space age isn't to create new space treaty or to update the space treaty, which would govern on a global level. Instead, what nations have done is passed unilateral legislation, domestic legislation, granting their own nations property rights in space. The motivation to enact legislation that created the Outer Space Treaty 60 years ago simply is not there, O'Grady continues, because the length of time it takes to negotiate an international agreement simply cannot keep up with the developments that could be made in tech industry born out of move fast and break things philosophy. So, We've got laws in place. You know, I could keep reading this article. You can look it up yourself. It is uh, space debris is blocking a path off the planet and legal loopholes means Earth government don't have to care. So as you can see, there are laws in place where we don't have to clean up our trash. Well, do you know what it would be like if we didn't clean up our trash? Say you just threw your trash to the side of the road every day. And then... 50 years later, you're still living in the exact same spot, still throwing trash in that one spot. How much trash do you have, right? A shit ton. It's unmeasurable. We can't live like that. Well, guess what? Our oceans are not a dumping ground just because you can't see the bottom. Our space is not a dumping ground just because you can't see the top. This is is all going to cause issues. And I don't know what we do to fix it, but I do know that if it continues, well, maybe getting to Mars won't be that easy. Maybe Elon Musk's uh, free internet won't happen. And what happens if a piece and a piece collide and break off and then collide into more pieces? How much of that shit shatters and then just creates like this static wall that none of us can get through and then space is nothing but um, a memory because we can't leave the atmosphere anymore or these things come flying down on us. Now, I know atmosphere, you break it, you come back in, you catch on fire, maybe all the pieces won't make it. But what pieces would and where are they going to land? It's a dangerous situation. And I believe that a lot of our problems is because we do not clean up after ourselves. You know, so I think we need to figure out a way to clean up after ourselves. I don't know how we get rid of the plastic in the ocean. I don't know how we get rid of the debris in space. But I do know that eventually, just like everything... We're going to have to face it head on and why we wait to the very last moment to do it when it's absolute dire that we do it. That's when we do it. Not until then, though. It's not a problem right now. It's not a problem for me. It's not a problem for my kids, but it's going to be a problem down the road, but I probably won't be there to see it. Well, guess what? A lot of those people that said that are still fucking here. So yeah, now it is your problem. Except you're too old to deal with it now. So how do we fix these problems before they get any worse? And it's like I don't know. I don't know, but it's so crazy to me that we're making all these space uh we're making all these steps to get further and further into space, to get on Mars, to do these things. And there could be a time where we won't even be allowed to leave the planet because we have so much trash surrounding us. We can't get off the planet anymore. So that's pretty crazy to me. I thought it was interesting. And then my last one today. This one is awesome. And this was on the news last night. This is fucking impressive. I don't care who you are. This is cool.
1: Edith Merway-Traina is a force. Known for her lifting, what's even more impressive is that she did it all while pushing 100. Lift is good. Edith turns a century old and she's still taking the powerlifting circuit by storm. Amazing. She hails from Tampa, Florida and is already a Guinness World Record holder, the oldest female competitive powerlifter. Yeah, this centenarian can deadlift 165 pounds, Bench press 65. Her strength and determination have made her a hundred years old, sensation. pretty goddamn cool. And a dancer, applause was always a very important part of my enjoyment. Edith says she didn't start lifting until she was 91. At first, it was just a hobby. I what? thought I'd just as well pick up a few bars, and they got to be fun. That 91 starts lifting. This great. Great grandmother dance teacher has competed in more than a dozen competitions and shows no signs of stopping. She's already preparing for another one in November. I'm expecting I will have another trophy with a whole bunch of applause. So what's her secret? I think I became more aware of the need that people have to be recognized for who they are. And it's the most beautiful thing. I'd survive on that.
0: That is just so cool. So cool. You are never too old to do stuff. And this proves it. She did not start until she was 91. She's powerlifting at 100 years of age. Blew my mind because when I saw it on the news, I was like, oh, she's lifting little eight pound things. I'm like, what is this? And then they show that she's actually powerlifting 165 pounds, pushing 65 in her bench. And I was, I was just blown away. I was like, this is so cool and good for her. It just goes to show me that it doesn't matter how old you are. If it's something that you want to do, then do it. The only thing getting in your way from doing something is yourself. I just want to thank everybody again, as always, um, for watching, subscribing, all of it, all of it. Thank you so much. Shout out to you, man. Thank you for coming in the store and telling me that my podcast is helping you. So I, I, I am so thankful that something that I started to help myself is now helping others out there. So, thank you as always. Um, All my subscribers, you just really keep me coming back here. Um, Every time. Remember to subscribe. uh, Click those like buttons. uh, Click the... Click the subscribe button. If you are already listening, if you're sitting here right now and you're listening, you're watching, click the subscribe button. Why haven't you yet? All right? Hit that button. Smash that like button. Comments. Share. If you're enjoying this, I know somebody else that you know will also enjoy it as much as you do. So make sure... You do all of those things and set the alarms so that you know as soon as all the podcasts upload. All right. Make sure to check out my sponsors because that's what keeps this podcast afloat. If you want to get more involved with the podcast and you want an opportunity to get some of this really cool slowdown stuff, I've got the neck Gator. Right? I've got the long sleeve shirt. Look at this. So soft. It's so comfy. I love it. And then I have this shirt right here. So if you want an opportunity to get any of these products for free i'm shipping it to you you got to send me your story or maybe there's a story that needs to be heard you need to send that over to t-a-l-k-i-n with tofer at gmail.com all right you send it over to the email put it in the subject line, contest, and if you make it on the podcast, you get one of these three items. Now, I'm not letting anybody pick anything. I am just shipping them out. There is no picking a size. There is no picking an item, but if you want to get more involved with the podcast and you want an opportunity to get one of these really cool slowdown items, Send it over to T-A-L-K-I-N Topher, at gmail.com. Put contest in the subject line, and that's it. It's just that easy. I will read your story or whatever story I pick, and then I will email you back with address information, and I will mail you your winning prize. All right? And don't forget to follow me on social media. That's right. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. Go there, follow extra content throughout the week. And that is Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. And again, I hope you have a wonderful Thursday. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. And as always, I'll talk to you later.